This is Global Tennessee, news analysis and commentary from the Tennessee World Affairs Council in Nashville. Global Tennessee is produced in association with the Center for International Business at Belmont University and the International Business Council of the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce. The World Affairs Council is a nonpartisan, nonprofit educational association, and the views expressed on Global Tennessee are those of the participants. Well, welcome to our program. Uh, we're pleased to be launching a new series of Global Affairs Awareness Programs in this Zoom video webinar format. Like many organizations, we're pivoting to digital programs to continue to bring you our Global Affairs Awareness Programs in a time of social distancing. You can see everything that's being offered at the website, which is tenwac.org, T-N-W-A-C.org. This edition of Global Nashville continues the series of podcasts begun last April, focusing on the things that make Nashville a global place. Before we start our conversation today, I'd like to invite our friends in the Nashville business community to get involved as sponsors of this program and the World Affairs Council's other webinars. In this time of coping with the global pandemic, it's more important than ever for our community to have this outlet to keep up with international developments. It's fair to say that even if you're not uh, interested in global affairs, global affairs are interested in you. So email pat at tenwac.org for details on program sponsorships. And now on to the program. I'm pleased to welcome Ralph Schultz to Global Nashville. Ralph was named president and CEO of the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce in November of 2006, following a 30-year career in nonprofit management, marketing, and fundraising. In taking the position, he accepted a leadership role at one of Middle Tennessee's oldest and largest business federations, an organization dating back to its founding in 1847. Well, Ralph, uh, welcome to the show, and it's great to see you. Glad to be here. It's great to be back in tandem with you, Carl. We had some, uh, some great growth in Nashville during your time as mayor, and I think we shared a flood and a recession and a boom all in your eight years as, uh, as mayor, so it's great to be back with you. Well, thank you. Um, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, for the past uh, months, we have been uh, very much consumed with the pandemic, um, the response on a, on a personal, civic, business basis. Um, prior to the occurrence of the pandemic, um, what was, uh, how was business in Nashville? Well, you, the, the business and the economy for this whole region was just exploding in a, in a positive way. We were one of the first cities in the country to come out of the recession and really for about almost 10 years, we've been seeing a meteoric rise in jobs, a meteoric rise in uh, population. And so, uh, you know, just prior to the pandemic, it, everything looked pretty rosy and pretty, uh, you know, with high momentum going forward into the future. Yeah. And so since the, since the, the, the pandemic has become, um, sort of our obsession at this point, how have things changed? What, how do you see, how's the business community been affected by um, uh, the coronavirus? Well, I, I, I think the, bene the business community, like everyone else, I think most everyone is first concerned about their workforce, about their employees, about their health and well-being. And so as we've moved into this pandemic response, uh, you know, I think we've seen businesses uh, 
sort of set some of their business activity to the back and put their the safety and, and health of their employees up front. Now, essential businesses continue to, to do their work. I mean, we still can see very, very active construction sites around town. The financial community here, which is expanding, is continuing to do their work. Uh, we see all those essential services continuing to, to deliver value. Uh, retailers, uh, grocery stores, logistics is a big part of our of, of our economy. So we still see lots of economic activity in in those categories. I think additionally, what we're seeing is you know as I think almost everywhere is seeing businesses are figuring out a way to operate under these new circumstances. So if you can operate your business remotely. It is, it is happening. We see that kind of uh, accelerating the uh, employment of technology. But, you know, there's no question if you're a small business or if you're in the hospitality business, you're facing the biggest challenge of your, uh, your business career at this moment. And I think the community, both the public and our elected officials and the private community are doing what we can to support the survival of those businesses through this period. What role has the chamber taken during this, this, this crisis? You know, typically what happens with us, and of course, having been through it with the flood and having been through it with the uh, recession and just immediately prior to the pandemic dealing with the tornado, typically what we'll do is the first thing we're trying to do is assess what the needs of the business community and the community at large are, and then provide information to those affected businesses that they can use to maintain their operations um, and their survival. And then we start to change our business strategy and our, and our business activity for the foreseeable future, because we know that there are going to be continuing and evolving needs um, for business. Prior to the pandemic, we had a shortage of workforce. As we enter into the work into the pandemic, some businesses to survive have necessarily had to scale back on their workforce. So we are looking right now at how do we connect people to those essential jobs that are still functioning. And we're looking at out in the future, if jobs are going to change as a result of this, how do we prepare the workforce, the population in this region to be able to do those jobs? Right. Have, um, is hospitality the hardest hit sector of the economy here? Yeah, there's no question. Travel and hospitality are the hardest hit sector. Hospitality is Nashville's number two industry just behind healthcare. And so, you know, in almost instantly all of the travel to, to Nashville ceased. Lots of booked meetings, lots of leisure travel uh, just, just ended uh, in an instant. And so a lot of those businesses uh, that are involved in hospitality are small businesses and they don't usually have liquidity or cash flow capable of sustaining them over a long period. So a lot of employees had to be furloughed quite a, uh, very quickly. Layoffs occurred very quickly. And hospitality is where we're seeing the biggest impact. 
but we're also seeing a big impact in healthcare. You know, when the hospitals in particular had to empty to be able to handle the pandemic uh, severe cases, a lot of the elective surgery activity and a lot of the other general healthcare activity had to take a back burner to maintain the capacity for, uh, for these uh, severe cases. So you're seeing a couple of key Nashville industries that, are, that were known for globally, um, you know, take a hard hit in this, in this current safe at home time. Has um, business expansion relocations, is that on hold or is things continue to move in that area? You know, the evidence we're seeing right now is that the people who have business expansion plans are continuing to work those plans. Uh, they've slowed the process down a bit. They're a bit more cautious. But just last week alone, we've got three RFIs from businesses that were interested in moving to Nashville. Um, we've seen a lot of interest from global tech companies in this middle Tennessee mid-state region. And even in the current time, they're continuing to ask us for information about locating here. Has the, um, the federal response, which obviously is involved um, stimulus packages and, and money that will be flowing out from DC around the country, um, how has that been going? Do you have any sense of that? You know, um, it, it almost depends on who you're talking to. Um, first of all, the existence of that package has been a life preserver for lots of small businesses, especially uh, the PPP grant programs, loan slash grant programs. Um, people can get an indication pretty quickly if they're going to qualify for that for that funding, but the processing does take some time. Uh, and depending on the bank's capability to handle those applications, sometimes the process can be slower depending on the financial institution that you're that you're working with. But we're beginning to see signs. I talked yesterday to a business that had already received their approval and their deposit, and that was helping them keep their, their business afloat right now. Have you been connecting with other chambers around the country, um, best practices or things that uh, you're learning that could help national business? Yeah, we, uh, in fact, we, had, we have a weekly call of the top 25 chambers in the country. Um, and every week we get together and we share what's working, what's happening. You know, the interesting thing about today's call was the range of cities that are at different points in the process of the pandemic uh, entering or exiting uh, their cities. So to some extent, I think Nashville is showing some hopeful signs of, of, of being able to maintain a shallow uh, peak, but, you know, we still have some of that peak ahead of us, and it's kind of helpful for all the chambers to get together. I, I would tell you that at the beginning of a discussion like this, there are always lots of ideas, not all of which are very pr uh, practical or even necessarily helpful. I think what we're seeing now in those other cities is that you know, ideas on how to get protective gear, ideas on policy and regulation that can be altered uh, to help companies come back. Those are the kinds of the big things that people are working for 
are working toward in addition to providing people information. You know, what can you expect? The one last thing I'd mention there, Carl, is I think we're, we, we've entered a time where as we talk to businesses, they're most interested in their plan going forward. I think they feel that they've done what they can do to modify or adapt to the situation. They're really looking now for what's the point in time that we can undertake the operations as they're gonna be going into the future and how fast can we get back to fully productive? Yeah. Do you have any sense? I mean, I, you know, I guess the hot topic in the last few days is reopening the economy or getting things back to the, the to normal. Um, any plans on how that could unfold or what you think, um, uh, how that will play out? Yeah, I, I, um, I hear business people as the governor extended the, the time at home yesterday to the end of the month. I, found business people to be generally positively responsive to that and fully really expected it. But I think that they are hopeful that in May, some form of a phased uh, reopening of the economy can take place. Almost every knowledgeable person that I'm talking to, including business people, feel that there will need to be some sort of phasing to reopening the economy safely. Sometimes that means providing remote work opportunity or safe working environments for at-risk categories like people who have an immune deficiency or are in an age group that is more prone to a severe case. In other cases, uh, people are talking about voluntarily extending their remote work period until they feel they can have workspaces well prepared for a little more distant uh, distant work. So I think most people are hopeful that sometime in May they'll be able to have the option of creating more work at their offices and their factories with guidance and criteria on how to do that safely. And I think they expect that, that work to return gradually uh, over time. I know one of the chamber's main interests and in, in yours is um, education. I mean, this has obviously had a tremendous impact on public schools, all schools, um, pre-K through 12, and then of course, all the universities and colleges located here. Um, how do you see that playing out? You know, that's, that's probably one of the most difficult issues to resolve is, you know, as you conclude this school year, uh, in a very abbreviated way, how do you make up that that lost ground? Uh, I know that uh, all school officials, not just Metro Nashville schools, but all school officials are working through different scenarios to help students reclaim that ground. Now, one thing that, that uh, is somewhat beneficial is we are about to enter a testing period. So a lot of content from the current year, the current school year had already been covered. And so, um, you know, to some extent that recovery will be made a little easier by the fact that we are about to enter that kind of that, that testing period and sort of the precursor work for the following year. But it's, it's 
it, you know, that's time that's going to have to be made up some way or another. Yeah. Well, one of the, you know, this is Global Nashville. And so one of um, our main interests is the global economy and Nashville's role in it. I know the chamber, um, you have uh, staff who work on international issues and you have always been involved in reaching out to help develop um, Nashville's economy on a worldwide basis. Um, what has been the chamber's approach to international business? You know, our, our approach to international business is that we have a global brand of music, creativity, and a very vibrant uh, uh, community, uh, community that's very open and welcoming to to virtually any population any any part of the world and carl as you know because you you encourage this diversity in our community um you know nashville has been a place that people from all of the world all over the world have come to and stayed and stayed here so when you look at our economy and you see a lot of foreign direct investment that has come to us from Asia, a lot of trade that is developed and, and foreign direct investment that is developed from Europe in particular, but Canada and Mexico as well. Nashville's just got a, a great location, very stable state and local governments, and a population that is warm, engaging, and open and welcoming. So, you know, we, we continue to uh, promote those assets and we continue to uh, uh, let people know that Nashville is open for business on an international basis and we see great success. I mean, you know, there are the, the Bridgestones, the Nissans, the Alliance Bernsteins, uh, you know, all of these big businesses that are international in nature, um, they're nested here and um, we continue to encourage that. In terms of, uh, of the pandemic, how does that play out in terms of international business? Is that, you, have you confronted any issues there? No, but I, I do think that Nashville's response to the pandemic throughout its population is one of those positive things that we're gonna be able to, uh, to point toward. I, part of Nashville's calling card is the way it, res it responds to disaster, the way the people of the community bind together and help each other through those times. You know, we find an awful lot that businesses that are looking to locate their business activity uh, in Nashville and other places are looking for the, the compatibility of the community. I, I love to tell the story about Alliance Bernstein because typically businesses will want to know where's their workforce coming from when they get here. And Alliance Bernstein, it was a little bit different. The, the first question that they wanted, they asked us was, can you set up meetings with 22 community cultural organizations so that we can understand really what the culture of the city is? So from a pandemic perspective, I, I think Nashville continues to demonstrate the ability to adapt to a, a disaster together, help each other through it. And again, as you experienced during your time coming out of the flood and coming out of the recession, I think we're gonna demonstrate once again that that compatibility and that mutual support is the basis for 
a rapid recovery. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the hallmarks in Nashville, obviously, is I think the cooperation that goes on through all sectors of the community, that people work together um, and have a very optimistic and positive view of their city and the future, which I think serves Nashville very, very well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and uh, that, look, I know I'm the chamber guy. I just think that makes Nashville a special place. I've lived in 11 different cities and I've never been in a city that is, um, you know, th that works together as well as this city does. Yeah. So you've seen a lot during your time as, uh, as head of the chamber and um, this has to be the, the biggest challenge you've, you've confronted. You know, I think the biggest challenge it, 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 there is a massive scale to this challenge, but it, you know, remember, Carl, as you were dealing with the flood, that flood had an economic impact equal to one year's GDP in this in this city. So, the recovery from the flood, as rapidly as we recovered, was no small uh, task as well. I, you know, whether it's a tornado, a flood, a recession, or a virus, you know, the, the tragedies are catastrophic for all of the people engaged in them. I, I, you know, when I see a tornado and I see it affect one part of the city, I remind myself that for a business person who's lost their business, that's the biggest catastrophe of their lifetime. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can be helpful and supportive uh, of our public officials and our businesses as they come back from this. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that strikes me about this and comparing it to the flood is that um, it's so much bigger. I mean, it involves not just, um, it involves the whole city, the whole state, the whole country. And, you know, there's more unknowns. Um, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen necessarily next. You don't know necessarily what you should be doing next. And all those things um, cast a uncertainty about things. You know, I, and I think of things like um, the CMA Festival, which has been, uh, you know, canceled this year because of the, of the pandemic. Um, you know, after the flood, it was a month away. We had to, you know, get ready for it, um, tell people the city was open, be prepared. Uh, but this, the magnitude of this obviously doesn't allow that to even happen. And you have to, uh, you're just dealing with a, a much vaster uh, array of problems than, um, you know, than what, this is hard to imagine. You know, as, as business people are looking out in the future, um, you know, those unknowns, as you say, they're compounded. You know, is this a virus that's going to resurge next winter? Um, is this a virus that's going to continue to affect us even after social distancing has done what it needed to do to flatten the curve? Um, in, in some ways, um, it can be scary, and in some ways, it can be energizing, and it's already creating innovation that probably wouldn't have existed or wouldn't have had the opportunity to exist if people hadn't had to confront this issue out of necessity. So, um, you know, it's, look, the events like this are never great things, but, you know, if necessity is the mother of invention, 
we're right in the middle of that delivery right now. Right, which leads me to my next question. I mean, you know, one of the things that Nashville's known for and you've worked hard on is, is entrepreneurship. I and mean, we have the Entrepreneur Center because of healthcare and music and technology. You know, Nashville has, been, has benefited greatly from uh, people who come here with a dream, whether it's uh, to write a song or start a new healthcare company or, or, or work on technology. It's benefited our city. How do, how do you keep that spirit of optimism and entrepreneurship and belief in the future going? Well, you know, I don't think it's a mistake. I think, I think Nashville's culture both attracts and generates those, those entrepreneurial people. And they're, they're sort of drawn to the next big challenge. They're, it's, it's not their motivation to be creative, their motivation to be adaptive, their motivation to be enterprising is just innate within them. And Nashville has a tendency to draw those people. 24% of our economy, our GDP in this region is entrepreneurially uh, driven, which is much higher than average in most cities. So they have a tendency to motivate themselves and see opportunity you know, that, that the rest of us don't see. I, I, I've been in a room with entrepreneurs and I, I know that as they look around that room, they see opportunity where I don't. And so um, I think the key for Nashville is to make sure that we continue to be a, a community that attracts and retains those creative people. But they're driven themselves. They will find there will be new enterprises to come out of this because entrepreneurs are here and thinking about it. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we don't, that Nashville is known for too, and I think it's true of much of the U.S. economy, that, that small business is the backbone. And, and small business, as you mentioned earlier, is facing significant challenges and hopefully, you know, the federal assistance and other things that could happen will help small business get through this, but I, but do you see a role for the chamber there? Oh yeah, I, I, I see a role for the chamber that is a lot about providing support and access to the kinds of, of resources that it, small business needs. But as I was talking to a small business group the other day, everybody in that room knows that it's going to be the innovation and the adaptability of that small business to make it through this crisis. There, there, there can be access provided to financial resources that we and others can help with. But the reality is that those small businesses are both the largest part of our economy and the most fragile part of the economy under these circumstances. Um, you know, in floods, 65% of the businesses that are flooded usually go out of business. In Nashville, 35% of the, of, of the uh, businesses affected went out of business. That says that Nashville has the capability to adapt. But for a business that was a small business that was struggling before the pandemic, it's going to be pretty tough to survive um, this this time frame. Don't, I, I always like to be optimistic, but that's just a reality. The optimistic part is Nashville small business owners usually find a way when others don't. Yeah, and how, how has it been to watch Metro's reaction to, to this event? 
You know, I think Metro has done all of the responsible things it needed to do uh, early. Um, you know, particularly the stay at home order. You know, I think it, at that point in time, a lot of people were uncertain whether it was necessary. And I think it was responsible and significant for um, the mayor in Metro Nashville to say, we need to go to a stay at home, uh, stay at home order. Um, I, I see every indication that the city is doing the most it can do to help business get back in operation as safely as possible. But I also say that the heart and soul of every business are the people that operate it. And it's really important for people to be safe when they go back to work at their place of work. Yeah. Well, I've certainly been impressed by um, Mayor Cooper's approach. And I think you're right, doing the stay at home order early was, is, was important. And the city has a lot to be proud of, I think. In the situation, how are you personally doing with the situation? We're doing well. I'm more familiar with technology than I've ever been before. I was so proud when I convened my first WebEx meeting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm very. I, I I just have to say I'm very proud of the of the chamber staff. We put a real value, despite the fact, like every small business, we're going to suffer a revenue impact from this. We've been able to maintain our staff. They've been able to adjust to the new circumstances. They're out there delivering value. And I'm really proud to be a part of an organization that has so much leadership in our ranks. Yeah, well, the chamber, I've always felt has done a great job for the city. And um, I certainly, during my time as mayor, appreciated you and I, I still appreciate you. Do you have any last thoughts or anything you'd, you'd like to say? I. The only last thoughts I'd really like to say is that Nashville is well positioned to exceed expectations coming out of this, uh, th this crisis as well. And I think that you personally were a big part of establishing that personality in this city that has led to our momentum. And I think that momentum is going to continue. I think I think we're going to exceed expectation once again. So um, I have a lot of faith in Nashville and its people. Great. Well, I mean, I agree. I think um, I think I've said it more than a few times that Nashville's best days are still ahead of it, and I, I still believe that we'll we'll get through this. Carl, I, Carl, I almost said that out loud and decided that it really sounded better coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time. And let me just say this is it for this edition of uh, Global Nashville. And we hope you'll find this program and other World Affairs Council uh, online events to be interesting and fulfilling. I'd like to once more invite our friends in the business community to become a sponsor of the program. The World Affairs Council is a nonpartisan educational organization that delivers important programs on global affairs and is worthy of your support. If you're interested, drop an email to pat at tnwac.org to get started. I'm Carl Dean and this has been Global Nashville. Thank you. <laughs>